2016. It's a nice night tonight and a nice, beautiful start to the day tomorrow. Comfortable levels early tomorrow, 60 to 65 or so. Then throughout the morning, sunshine Tuesday, followed by partly sunny, mostly dry. Temperatures into the middle 80s. Fair skies Tuesday night, morning lows again, 60s. Wednesday, partly cloudy, slight chance of an afternoon pop-up thunderstorm. The same for Thursday. Both afternoons, expecting highs going to the middle to upper 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Here are some things you need to know if you're asked to evacuate due to an emergency. Establish a personal emergency fund. A few extra dollars could help cover a hotel or gas cost if you're forced to leave. If you need assistance for you or your pets to evacuate, find out what resources your local emergency managers have to offer. Develop an evacuation plan now. Determine where you'd go and how to get there. Have a go kit with emergency supplies and copies of important paperwork. Keep your phones charged and warm. of the show but it's actually the opening of the show the food show is here with tom and marianne fitzmorris tom can you not hear that i can't but uh (laughs) that wouldn't be the first time that that had happened hi there uh, folks and uh hello there folks it's the food show i'm tom fitzmorris marianne is here hi there's a large dog right here Uh and uh, you know it's just the usual things it's what we always love we're starting in with another edition of the food show and that is the program. The panting dog in the background. And uh, it's something else. Yes. But, and, uh, and we're even inside today, so there's no uh, no winds or lawnmowers or anything. Because it's just too hot outside. Yeah, it's very hot outside. Really, really hot. It's something yeah. to get away from. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. There are all sorts of beverages, beverages too, mm-hmm. uh, away and ready for you to... Um, be to over here or somewhere else to and cool uh, yourself. Enjoy yes. yourself. I mean, that's Tom's what I plan is, to do. Today is Archie Manning's birthday. It's Archie Manning's yes, birthday yes. today. Uh-huh, it is. Oh, Happy terrific. birthday to Archie Manning. Too bad we don't have our little whose birthday is this? Happy birthday. Whose birthday is this? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Who's a great atlist? Okay, enough of that. Uh, you have it in your almanac because it was uh, their, his first foray into the restaurant business. And fortunately, I think for him, maybe his only one, unless he's investing like Drew Brees in some fast food thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that would be called fast food. But anyway, um, Archie and Danny's. Do you remember Archie and Danny's? They had their own restaurant. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 4411. Um, North Turnbull. North Turnbull, right. You know how I know that? Because it's the it's the site of my mm-hmm. favorite outdoor place. I have uh, a number Bistro. of ads for the... Oh, you do? Yeah, I don't have them in my hand right here, but I have them at home uh, that are photographs of all of the football guys uh-huh. in that gang that you're talking about. Todd, uh, why would you have that? <laughs> That's a really odd thing for you just, to have. <laughs> just looking for gizmos. Um, Archie wow, and Danny's. Did you did you like Archie and Danny's? Was Archie and Danny's good? Was Archie. it good? Archie and Danny's, the restaurant. Archie and Danny's that we're talking about here. Uh-huh. Archie Manning. Archie Ma- and Manning. And Danny Abramowitz had a restaurant Abram- in what is now Andy's Bistro in Metairie. Well, that, that last it was guy the first you- of a legion of restaurants to follow and hopefully the one that's in there now will stay because i love it but um archie and danny started out in that location on north north turnbull yeah. and 
that was that was predating Romanovs, right? We're talking back in the '60s, maybe early '70s. Archie uh, and Danny's. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's about right. Yeah. It, uh, was it any good? Uh, it actually was pretty good. Was it? Yeah, more than anybody would have guessed. Who's in the it, kitchen? It, Who was in the kitchen? Uh, let's see. It was somebody who was fairly well known, but not really, really famous. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They, they, the big thing they did was, uh, I think this was um, Dewanowitz. Uh, what's his last Abramowitz. name? Abramowitz. Abramowitz. He also had this program where he, uh, he did barbecue. Uh, where? Uh, general same uh, area. No, you're talking about perfect. Steve Stonebreaker. That's it. I'm sorry. Okay. My Oops, mistake. Wrong. Okay. Scratch that off. Archie and Danny's was kind of an upscale place, wasn't it? Was who? Was it an upscale place? It was kind of an upscale place, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, kind of. It was a spinoff of uh, the of Red Onion. Was yeah. in that neighborhood. Wait. So wait a minute. Achapinti wasn't in the kitchen, was he? No, was, yeah, I don't sure. think so. Tom. Oh yeah, he had a so. whole line of products. Yeah, I know, but I don't think that he was in the in the kitchen at Archie and Danny's. I think they had their own chef. Well, if he wasn't there, he wasn't far from there. No, he was right across the highway, yeah. but he had his own restaurant doing his own thing. But uh, Archie and Danny's was it short lived or did it last for a while? I, uh, I had well, no recollection of this. Well, when you have a, a a football guy, and then followed by a guy who does ribs. And okay, this somebody... is not the same location, though. All right, let's let's okay, let's somewhere let's, in my collection. Let's yank you back out of here, Tom. Okay, we're not okay. talking about the same space. You're you're over across the highway at Achapinti's. I'm over uh -huh. on the other side of the highway at yeah. what is now Andy's Bistro. So let's yeah. just focus on Archie and Danny's. Yeah. Okay, Archie and Danny's was kind of an upscale place. I yeah. never set foot in the place as Archie and Danny's. I don't even know if I made it to Romanoff's. I'm not even sure. I I think the first time I ever set foot in that place was at Kimchi, which would have been pre-Katrina, because post-Katrina was Sid Mars, and now it's uh, now it's uh, Andy's Bistro. So Archie and Danny's, do you remember how long it lasted? Archie and Danny's... Uh... You know, I've got sitting on my This was in the desk. beginning. <laughs> uh, sitting on my desk at home, I have an ad for these guys. Yeah. That's oh, really? This big. Okay, well, it's too bad we didn't. Well, I had no idea. We, I, know, I'm I sorry. had no I idea just, we were going to talk well, about this. Well, you should read your own almanac, Tom. Anyway, I do. Archie and Danny. I just don't read it five be, times. This would be in the pre football player as restaurateur. Well, you know, that's not true. I was going to say this was being the pre-football uh, player as restaurateur, but, you know, I'll bet you Don Shula was around back then doing Shula's. Not, not in New Orleans he no, was. No, no, but, I mean, Shula's did eventually make it to New Orleans, but, yeah. but I think at that time there were actually several football people who were in the restaurant oh, business, sure. Don Shula being one of them. Um, Ditka followed um, – Let's see. Dicka would have been like late '90s, early 2000s, right? When he was in what became Mike's on the Avenue. My, yeah, Ditka's right, right, right. Predated I remember, Mike's on the Avenue, didn't I, it? I, I remember, uh, believe it or not, doing some interviews with Mike, whatever his last name Ditka. was. Ditka. When he was <laughs> oh, when boy, he was I here in New Orleans. That. Oh my goodness! I and he actually, he and I. He's a really nice guy. Very nice guy. Uh -huh. A uh, very sharp guy, and yeah. his restaurant was pretty it good. It was actually. good, I, and I, I really good. surprised uh, at that. Yeah, well, you're just but, a, you're just a football snob or an anti-football snob, I should say. 
Anyway, 556-9696 if you would like to get in on this conversation about football player slash restaurateurs. The current iteration of that besides Drew Brees in the, uh, I think he's in walk-ons too, but um, Jimmy Johns and Brees and walk-ons. But um, Bobby, uh, Bobby Abear has his Bobby Abear's Cajun Cannon down the highway from Andy's. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I remember bumping to him on the high, Highway 1 in uh, Mississippi, in the middle of the state. Bobby Abair. Bobby Abair. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that wasn't Bobby Abair. That was, that was, it was another guy. I don't think guy. so, Tom. No, there was another guy, a famous foot, football guy, so. who, who uh, was more in the uh, the. Anyway, I don't know who you're talking about. I guess not. Uh, today either. is National Devil's Food <laughs> Cake Day. What's the difference in devil's food cake and chocolate cake? One's chocolate and chocolate, and the other one's black. <laughs> um, is that true? Is devil's food is is a chocolate based thing, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't get its coloring from something else, right? Okay, Tom, no. you're gonna have to take over while I hurl your cat out of the door. Okay. Okay. All right. So here you go. Am I devil's not- food? Are you, you want to you want to hurl your cat here? He's not going to wind up getting hurled no, very far because you never do that. Here, take cat, put cat out. Okay. There we go. All right. It's one thing. <laughs> we have we have one cat and one dog. We have one big oaf of a dog who likes to come in and pant, which is fine because eventually he'll settle down. But the cat's going to meow the whole time. Also, I like the dog better than the cat. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you would like to chat with us, the Fitzmorai, here on the Food Show Reboot WGSO version. Five five six nine six nine six. Devil's Food Cake Day. Not a fan of Devil's Food, and I don't really know why because I really should be, but uh, but I'm not. So you say here in your almanac, here's how you get devil's food cake to be really dark and different. Add red food coloring to the batter. Mm-hmm. It won't show Absolutely. it's red, but is a strangely deeper, darker brown. So is that what makes devil's food cake devil's food cake? No, it's the certain, red? Th- certain things. It, it, the, the, uh, the red stuff comes in and remains pretty much red. Uh-huh. But if you have a dark color, kind of uh, any kind of... Something or another. Yeah. There's one thing in particular I'm trying to think of. Yeah. But anyway, if you add that to it, it, it instead of doubling the amount of blackness, it goes like three times up. Ah, interesting. It, and it just gives more huh. powerful oh, to uh, more color, blackness to something okay. that's red. All right. You're listening to WGSO 990-556-9696 is the number. We'll be back. Tito's Ceviche and Pisco Bar is a great little place on Magazine Street serving cuisine not much seen in New Orleans. Peruvian food and Pisco, the national drink of Peru, with six different kinds of ceviche made from only local seafood and Pisco. You'll also find more familiar things like beef tenderloin tips and duck confit. Tito's Ceviche and Pisco Bar, 
5015 Magazine Street, 267-7612. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Tom, see it. Get it. All right. It is also National Meat and Three Day. National Meat and Three Day. You know what a meat and three is, right? Meat and three? Meat and three. Oh, like, oh like meat and three. Court, like the winter pork, like a little so lunch plate. Your salad, your entree, and then your little <sighs> I don't think that's it. Of- Isn't it like a, it's like, um, wait, what do they call those things in Hawaii? Um, well, it has There's a name for those lunch, plate three. lunch. They're they're called plate lunches, right? I hear it as mate and... Uh, no, a meat and three is a specific yeah. thing. And okay. I'm going to read what it is because you have it written in your almanac. All right. But there's a thing in Hawaii, I think it's called a plate lunch. And it's the same kind of thing, only it's sort of Hawaiian inspired. It's more interesting that it's National Meat and Three Day. This is right out of your almanac, Tom. There's something... Uh, to know from our visits to cafeterias, which are about the only places in these parts that still offer a special of a meat with three sides. That is no longer true. The Windsor Court yeah. has oh, that's been right. doing they, that really classy version. Yeah. Well, you know when they started doing it? In 20, I think 2014, when they celebrated their 30th anniversary. I remember when they first started doing it and it rege- registered on me. It's delicioso. Yeah, I thought so, and mm-hmm. I still think so. Mm-hmm. The thing about that is, it's, okay, so I don't know who started this. Yeah. But whoever started it, thank you. It's um, where they have, like, the date. Mm-hmm. Antoine's has their lunch special of $20 and probably 20 cents now. Um, Broussard's has one like that. Uh, the Windsor Court is, though, I think the one who started it when they did their um, – 30th anniversary, 1984. The Windsor Court opened with the World's Fair in 1984. And then in 2014, they did their anniversary, their 30th anniversary, and they they instituted their $19.84 special. And the meat and three is that price. But somehow or another, (laughs) and I go there, and I, I, I get all excited because it's really good. This meet and three at the Windsor Court is really good. Don't you think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Terrific. Yeah. But then by the good time you too. park, it winds up like a, it winds up being like a $40 thing, which is fine because it's still lunch at the Windsor Court, which is a super classy place. And you can sit out and look on, you know, look out into the patio there where people are driving up. And I love going there for lunch. Plus, they have great little cheese herb biscuits. Do you like those little cheese herb biscuits that they serve? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about, but yes. They, they've cut down on the portion size because people like me, I think, were coming in there and eating like a whole meal of cheese biscuits. But anyway, National Meat and Three Day, back to what you said in the almanac. School ta- cafeterias maybe are the last 
uh, are like that too, but more li likely to have a meet and two, unless you're a high school boy. The real hotbed of the meet and three dinner is the roadside diner, particularly those that still persist by the hundreds in the Northeast. Do they really? Mm -hmm. Really? Wow. Many of those still show a list of the special of the day with a meat, poultry, or fish as a central theme. Below that is a list of 10 or 15 vegetables and salads from which you may choose three to go with your entree. Corn, peas, green beans, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, french fries, cauliflower. Wow, there's a big list here, but you know, you get the idea. On the other hand, uh, it's, it's thoroughly modern restaurants like Zia are returning to the meat and three deal. They give you a choice of two sides with whatever it is that you order. Roasted corn grits, red beans, and the dirty rice are some of your favorites. Mm -hmm. At the Windsor Court, you get you can get a gumbo as a side, and they have yep. great chicken andouille gumbo. Mm -hmm. They also have a good seafood gumbo, but their chicken andouille gumbo is spectacularly good. Uh, when you get the meat and three, what do you usually get there? Uh, I look for the specials first. And then... you, don't, you, you don't even get the meat and three, do you? If we go to lunch at the Windsor Court, I'll get the meat and three, and you order off the menu, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if my memory serves they go me correctly. They for the seafood and things like that. Uh huh. It's a good restaurant, but that it meat and good. three brings back uh, really great food. It's it's almost a tongue-in-cheek play on a meat and three because when you think of a meat and three and a diner, you think of really sort of low down. Food no, I mean, slash environment, but this is it's super a upscale. Joke, you know, it's yeah, that's a right. It's a little tongue in cheek. It's it's great. Yeah. I love the, I love the amusing aspect of it, and mostly I love the food because it's really really yeah. good. Anyway, and who would think meat, of this out here? Yes, that's you know it, it's a it's a funny little thing. And then what am I doing in this uh, elegant restaurant? Or yeah, it, and it, but the food's always always good. You know who's there still? You know a lot of Andreas people moved over to that Windsor Court grill room morning service. And um, and there's one of them is still there. And I, I remember the, the young lady who, I think she moved out like about six or seven years ago. But I love seeing all the Andrea alums at the Windsor Court when I go have lunch there. Your edible dictionary, Tom, is actually not a food today, but a thing, and it goes along with the theme. You know, for somebody who doesn't like themes, your almanac is, is always a theme, isn't it? Your uh, edible dictionary it? is a diner, yeah. mm -hmm. a uniquely American kind of a restaurant. The roadside diner began as a stationary version of the dining cars carried on long-distance passenger trains. Some trains really were retired railroad cars, or some diners really were retired railroad cars, but most of them were built as restaurants and never rode the rails. They were often built by companies specializing in diners and trucked into the place where they'd open for business. Like railroad diners, roadside diners are much longer than they are wide and frequently are built in a sleek art deco style with, with much use of fluted stainless steel inside and outside yeah the two of those in, diner, in my office at my office a, a look of uh, <clears throat> like a picture of a diner no i have an actual uh like a little car a car no no i'm just kidding I, <laughs> uh, you mean like a uh, okay i'm sorry i didn't get it i thought you were talking about because you got a lot of little 
ladies, you know, those kind of things. Anyway, um, so I, I thought you might be talking about like an actual little car that you have in one of your shelves. The classic diner menu begins with traditional American breakfast, sandwiches, hamburgers, soups, and desserts. It goes on its feature inexpensive complete dinners. It goes on to feature uh, inexpensive um, complete dinners at a decidedly American home cook style. The quality of the food is much romanticized and really unpredictable, but the appeal of a shiny diner is so strong that there's been a revival of the deal with brand new diners being built once again. A few books have been written on the subject. You know, there's a Up lot in the of Northeast. Yeah. Really everywhere you look, you know, where the only place that I ever remember seeing diners with any regularity was, um, when we lived in Bethesda, do you remember those diners? I think there's even one called the silver diner. I, I, on the I Rockville Parkway, or it, Rockville Pike. That doesn't uh, remind me of anything, but I can easily believe it because there there are places like that. Yeah. That, especially in Ohio, uh, northern New York. Why do you suppose diners have never taken root here? Uh, because we like food we, better, too much? We, we like better yeah, food too we, much? We had a higher protest. A higher I standard mean, of food? Yeah, higher standards yeah. of food is exactly it. Yeah. You know, it was funny when someone called the other show and said um, that his girlfriend is from Minnesota and was looking for a diner and wanted diner food and wanted things like chicken noodle soup and stuff like that. And I mean, mm -hmm. you can get that here. I think Dot's Diner probably has stuff like that. This Butter Crisp Diner, have you seen the line at that place lately? Oh, really? Yeah, there's a little diner in Covington right across from the Rouse's at Claiborne Hill. And I don't know what's going on there. No, I know. I'm, I'm around there all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's so this I, dumpy little diner place. And I, I well, went... Where is it? You know where it is. You've been there, Tom. I took well, you to get me. a donut there one time. We went through the drive-up, oh, and place, I thought I was yeah. going to get a nail in my tire. Oh, no, no. They are really busy rockin'. all the that time. That place is rocking. And, uh, and when you go back there... I don't know why. If they, <laughs> please give me your. Uh, it's bizarre. But, uh, I I look at it and think to myself, I better get a a fresh tire. Uh, I know. I know. I mean, it just the gives drive me that through feeling. makes it look like you're going to some. And and let me add, like where the garbage trucks go. I have go. never had a flat tire there. I know. Or, uh, I know. <laughs> I really don't want. But uh, you it go doesn't matter what you say. The line is out on donuts. the highway. And they have sandwiches yeah. and yeah, burgers. Yeah, it must be really good. Breakfast in the morning. I mean, just like on <laughs> I know, and on and on. It's really strange. It must be really yeah. good. That's all I it can say. It must be. Anyway, um, we are talking we're at the bottom of the hour. We are going to have Diane oh, Kochilis no. with us, oh. who will be calling us from Athens. Diane Kochilis is uh, the host of the food show on PBS called My Greek Table. And I hope she's going to be our Ask the Chef on our Ask the Chef, Chef segment today. And I hope that we will get the same kind of great information from her that we got from um, Marlon Hornsby yesterday, who was giving us some basic tips about spices. But Diane Kochilas has a set, she has a blog on her website, dianekochilas.com, has a, um, 
series of blogs actually where she talks about raw materials again which i guess is the secret to all great cooking but i want to ask her about greek herbs and how they can be um incorporated to make what you're cooking not only healthier but more delicious anyway tom mm -hmm. you like tony mandinas oh yeah very much so uh his... you like the singer but what do you like besides like that <laughs> No, the I think singer, the, the piano their, player. their food is, is actually pretty good, particularly on the items that get a little fancy with the, you know, they, maybe they're doing like what I'm doing. I'm wearing a, a tie. It's a very nice tie, by oh, the thank way. Thank you. Very yeah. nice tie. I like it. And, um, <clears throat> and, um, Tom is dressing up for the oh, show. We've been yeah. we've been out of the studio now for three months, but Tom is dressing up for the show, which I wholeheartedly applaud. I'm usually sitting in my underwear, but anyway, <laughs> Tom is wearing a tie to do this show. So, all right, back to Don't Tony Mandinas. Back to Tony Mandinas. Tony Mandinas, if you go down their menu, uh -huh. it's scattered with a whole bunch of things that sound pretty good to have both of in that presence. But when you look over more than that, it all starts clumping together. I mean, there's so it's it's great Sicilian it's Italian big, food. Yeah, it's it, it's a huge menu of great. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, great Sicilian that's more, Italian. That's a better way menu. of saying it than real I turtle think. soup. I know you real like that. Soup. Real turtle soup. Anyway, everything on it. I've, I've, that's what's happening. Yeah, they have great uh, chicken parm and all the the. This is a long-standing Sicilian Italian tradition going back to the 1700s in Salaparuta, Sicily. They have a great uh, drive, I won't say drive through, but drive up takeout menu of two for the price of one meatballs and pasta for $13. They're at 19.50 in Gretna on the West Bank. The number is 362-2010. Uh, and we'll be back. This is WGSO, bottom of the hour. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Barnhart. The state announces 18 new COVID-19 fatalities bring the death toll to 2,458. Total cases, 35,038, up 329. Hospitalizations, 1,004. Legislators spar over a resolution that would urge the governor to reconsider his 25% occupancy limit for businesses in Phase 1. Alexandria Representative Lance Harris says the limit is crippling struggling businesses. 25% occupancy is tying two hands behind the backs of these restaurants and telling them get into the boxing ring. Amy Representative Robbie Carter opposed the amendment. He says the guidelines are in place to save lives. Health prevails over business, especially in these times. And I can't vote for your amendment because I put the safety of my family and my constituents above profits shown by some business. Social distancing guidelines call for businesses to space households out six feet away from other households and plot out table seating that leaves 10 feet of space. Louisiana Radio Network. Hello, this is Rosie the Skunk for Atmos Energy. You might think I make a bad smell. I mean, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? After all, I'm a skunk. But my stinky fragrance is nothing compared to the rotten egg smell of a gas leak because that could be dangerous. So if you think you smell a leak or encounter other signs such as hearing a hissing or blowing sound or seeing a vapor cloud, blowing dirt or bubbling water, do not smoke, talk on the phone, turn on or off equipment or vehicles, or do anything that could cause a spark. Leave the area immediately. Then call 911 and Atmos Energy. Atmos Energy will send a trained technician to investigate the situation. Take it from a skunk. Gas leaks just plain stink. 
Seriously, there's no gray area here. When dealing with gas leaks, it's black and white. Yep, that's a little skunk humor there. For more information, visit atmosenergy.com slash gas safety. Pelican Club is one of the best restaurants that has ever been in New Orleans. Now celebrating 30 years, owner Richard Hughes offers a polished and more sophisticated version of all the classic New Orleans dishes with a modern twist like his signature seafood martini and Asian-inspired whole fried fish. This place just feels good to me, and the food is always superb. The Pelican Club, 312 Exchange Place at Bienville, 523-1504. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. All right. Thank you, Tom. We have with us Diane Kochilis from My Greek Table, a PBS series in its third season, right? Welcome. In our, in its, yes, thank you. In its third season. And you are current. I have so many questions. I don't even know which one to ask you first. So um, I want to hear about your history. I want to tell you how jealous I am that you're in Athens and I'm not. And uh, I want to talk about some tips for people to incorporate the Greek life into their cooking. So first, let's let's talk. My husband in is practicing the first two lines from the Odyssey to throw at you. Would you like to hear him? <laughs> Short. <laughs> Short. No, it's very brief. It's Andre Bouma Enepem, Musa Polutsa, Pos Hala Bala Enkla. Something like that. This uh, is from his high yeah, school I, Greek. I, I He's think very I lost proud one of it. In there maybe He's very proud of it. Okay, so Diane, how did you wind up doing this? Did it start in Maryland? Is that the public radio station in Maryland? It, the public television station in Maryland, Maryland Public Television. Uh, we started on the air three years ago. Uh, I mean, we're all over the country. The show airs all over the country. Um, I'm pretty sure we air in New Orleans, too. Yes, right. You do. Okay. Where are you? Where do you live? Do you live in Greece or do you live in in the United States? I live in both places. I just got Uh back from four months in New York. Uh And I'm in Athens right now. it was kind of a you know an interesting experience being in New York uh, these last four months. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in sort of a hot spot kind of neighborhood, and uh, coming back was also interesting. But and I'm very organized actually. I was very I'm pleasantly surprised by how organized everything is here. Um, uh-huh. So we you know we started about uh, we started about three years ago on the air with Maryland Public Television. It was it's a national show as I mentioned. And yes. we're in our third season now. Uh, this year, it's it's really great timing because we've, you know, all this vicarious uh, travel that people are doing. The show is basically a very long trip to Greece. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. I love your website. I've been sort of um, going every chance because I enjoy your blog. I'm fascinated by the the things like the terroir of olive oil and all the uh, Greek herbs that grow on the hillside. We were in Greece probably, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago and uh, saw a lot of that wild herb thing on, you know, just on the sides of the roads and, and noticed something that I wasn't expecting, which was 
They have great orange juice there. Amazing orange juice. <laughs> What's the yeah. deal with that? Well, everywhere you look, there's an orange tree. So, no, but I mean, is it uh, volcanic grow- soil or something? What it, I mean, it's it's fabulous weather. It's kind of an arid climate. So, I mean, where I, where were I, you? Um, we've been to Rhodes. We've been to Athens, which um, you know is just that view from the Parthenon and just look out at the city of Athens and you go, wow, that's like a big city, you know? Um, Do they still have the, uh, do they still have the uh, scaffolding around the Acropolis or are they finished with that? Uh, No, I think that's going to be going on forever. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) too bad. bad. Uh, I think there's still a couple of parts of it that are scaffolded. I, I haven't actually... I haven't been here in four months, so I don't. I, I don't know, um, but it's still an amazing, you know, breathtaking. When you're there, place. I'm assuming that you're working, but I'm. I also assume that you have a chance to get out much. I, I for a time, lived at the Grand Canyon. That's another whole story. But after a while, I noticed that I wasn't even. I worked in the in the basement of the hotel that's perched right at the rim. And I noticed after being there for a while that I didn't even bother to go that way. You know how you start taking advantage of something and you just like or take something for granted? Do you always visit the Acropolis when you're there? Um yes and no, I'll tell you a funny story. One of there was a, a hotel that went up about, you know, well, recently. And a massive hotel near the Parthenon, near the Acropolis, and it blocked the view of half the neighborhood. And the neighborhood went, you know, up in arms. Yeah. And they actually won a court battle and got the hotel to, now the hotel is legally obligated to cut off a couple of floors. And Uh the mayor of Athens basically said that, you know, one of the, most significant aspects of the Acropolis is that it it is everyone's temple and yeah. it should not uh-huh. be a view that's afforded only to the rich. And uh-huh. it was kind of a, you know, a, a victory for the common person kind of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we do live with it. It's there. It's a presence, mm-hmm. you know, in the city, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Good. Um, I'm trying to think of another place that we went. It, it was, um, we've been twice and, or maybe three times. And I remember going to this little taverna on the beach. And uh, my husband is not into the beach. So we went swimming and he went to the taverna. But the, the tavernas on the beach and everywhere are just so different from anything that you would see here. Um, do you do you think there's anything in America in the Greek food that you would get that in any way really resembles what you would get there? Um, I, I mean, I think things are organized differently in the States. Of course, yes. And, you know, developed differently. So the beachfront, you know, beachfront property is very regulated. It's it's um, it's a different thing. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, in the South, there must be. There aren't any places in Louisiana. I mean, I've been to Louisiana. I've been to New Orleans. And I kind of remember, you know, the going to the, going canoeing, on the going, you know, rowing on the bayou. Mm-hmm. And we were, 
just, you know, there were little places. I don't, can't remember now if they were actually on the water, but... Well, we have an advertiser, um, actually, that I think has the best Greek salad that I've ever had. And, uh, oh, really? It's, it's, it's served in a bread bowl. It's really, really incredibly good. Okay, enough about the chit-chat. I want to talk about the show. So how did you wind up doing the show? Um, well, it's always, it was a lifelong dream. I, I moved to Athens in 1992, the end of 92, from New York. And I actually worked as a... A food writer here for one of the big, for the largest Greek newspaper. Hmm. And I did that for 20 years in Greek. Uh, oh, wow. I was a restaurant critic. I had the food column every Friday. And, uh, you know, print journalism kind of went through this crisis, as we all know. And I got the opportunity to do a TV show here, which was called What Are We Going to Eat Today, Mom? And <laughs> I was mom. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, sort of a reality show. It was like a fake reality show. They, you know, they sort of had me doing things like ironing and, you know, pretending I was home. Although my real friends used to come on the show, and a few times my children came on. Um, uh-huh. But I really loved doing it, and it was trial by fire. It was 98 episodes a season, and I did it for two seasons, and it was really fun. And uh, I really wanted to do this in English for the States. Uh-huh. So I went about researching how to do that. And I, you know, I'm one of these people who kind of never gives up. Um, That's the only way to do and, it. And I just, you know, found a partner who is my um, co-producer, Matt Cohen, Resolution Pictures, uh, who had worked in, telev- in public television most of his career. He, he's done a lot of food television. And um, we hit it off, and we've been partners ever since. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. And, you know, they, we shot here. We shoot here in Greece. Uh, we do all oh, so the, the whole thing is shot in here. Greece? The whole thing is shot in Greece. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, the... The beauty of the of doing this is being able to share my yeah. other sort of yeah. country, you know, with my first country, mm-hmm. um, and it's really about the culture. It's not only about cooking; it's really about the place, the mm-hmm. history, the the traditions. You know, you know the, the it's it's good the to have that because Americans don't. The difference between the culture and the life over there and the culture and the life of America is so stark that it gives people here a chance to see what something is like over there. I mean, it's, it's so much slower. It's, it's really about living, you know, and it's, uh, and I, I'm sure that that comes across in the show. I have not seen the show and I, I am looking forward to seeing the show, but what did you want to communicate most to people about Greece and Greek cooking? That A, that it's incredibly delicious, and B, that it's very good for you. It's a very healthy yeah. cuisine. There's a lot of plant-forward uh, food, a lot of plant-based options that are main courses. It's uh, very robust and flavorful. You feel good when you eat this way. Um, and I really wanted to convey that and also to convey this unknown, you know, place to so many Americans. I mean, people mm-hmm. may have heard of the Parthenon in Athens and maybe Sparta and maybe Santorini and Mykonos, but 
it's a much more, you know, it's much more yeah. richer place than that. Yeah. What would you, what would you say is the thing that makes Greek food so Is it the olive oil? Is it just the lightness of it or what? Uh, the olive oil is definitely probably the most basic ingredient in the in the cuisine. Uh, you can't cook anything in the Mediterranean without olive oil, and certainly in Greece, uh, we consume yeah. more olive oil than anyone on the planet. I think something like I don't know, twenty two, twenty three quarts a year per person. Oh wow, wow. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Um, so. That the olive oil would definitely be uh, the most important basic ingredient. Uh, lots of seasonal vegetables and fruit, uh, fish, good grains, um, a lot of greens, maybe things that you wouldn't expect like uh, wild mushrooms and mushrooms in general, um, fish, of course. You know, Greeks now eat a lot of meat, so but the meat is very good. I actually just had a pork chop for dinner <laughs> with a big salad. Um, and it was, you know, the, the, the food here is very flavorful. And what I try to impart in terms of just teaching people how to eat better, um, it's, it's actually really about how to make plants filling, you know, without uh -huh. making everything slathered with cheese. It's really about making, you know, ha ha teaching people how to eat well, um, ha healthy food, um, food that has been around for a very long time. You know, these are trying to make healthy that, food, happy food, you know? Yeah. And it's also, it's not only the, it's not only what you're eating, but it's how you're eating it. Oh, yes. And that's, another you know major component of how Greeks enjoy their lives we never eat, yeah. we rarely eat alone we we're always up for sharing a plate of food with someone um, whenever somebody comes to the house you always offer them food even if they're a, you know a worker if you have a plumber in the house you offer him something mm -hmm. um, you know there's just this relationship to food and giving that is very runs very deep in the culture and And I think that, you know, that also has, has to do with the emotional aspects of the Greek and Mediterranean diet. You know, this idea... Okay, Diane, I have to stop you. We have to take a break. We have to take a break. And okay. when we come back, I want, I want you to talk about some of the places in Greece that you have discovered since you've started uh, this show and um, how you feature them and what you would like to introduce people to okay when we come back okay you're listening to wgso the phone number is five five six nine six nine six if you would like to talk to our guest diane kochilis she has a show called my greek table on pbs and i website diane you will enjoy it every bit as much as i did we'll be back tony mandina's roots go back to salaparuta sicily His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180. 
with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. Annadel's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadel's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. I get misty just holding your hand. Okay, we're back with Diane Kochilis with the the PBS show My Greek Table. So did you have a minute to think about that? places that you've discovered that you found really fascinating that you want to maybe in this season? Uh, in the new season, we went to a lot of amazing places. We focused on islands and coastal areas. So I, even places that are very uh, you know, popular, like Mykonos. We went to Mykonos and went and discovered kind of the the undiscovered side of the island, the, the farming side of the island, the traditional mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite episodes is on the island of Tinos, where I visited not only a local cook, but this wonderful, very well-known Greek marble sculptor. So, you know, it's really not only about food, the show. It's about food and culture. Oh, I did two great episodes on the island of Chios which is, I think, for most Americans, quite off the beaten track. That's, it's an island in the northeastern Aegean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting. Architecturally, it's a really stunning place with these perfectly preserved um, villages that have buildings are painted in these very unique geometric patterns. And there's a very unusual spice that's produced there, which is the resin of a specific uh, kind of tree. Uh, we watched. Uh, uh, so we went to somebody to make a fig distillation. Uh, made all sorts of interesting sweets. Um, I went to the south of the Peloponnese, an area called Messinia, uh, which is also uh, amazing and beautiful, and kind of the paradigm of the Mediterranean and the Mediterranean diet. And I did something fun there. Uh, I met up with a friend of mine who's a guy named Dean Karnazes. He's one of the, he's an ultra marathoner. And he, this guy has run, I think his claim to fame is 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days. Uh, you know, sort of <laughs> oh one after gosh. the other. Yeah, yeah. He's got like <laughs> negative body fat, you know. Um, wow. And I actually ran with him. Uh, and we but you ran with him, you said? Healthy. I ran with him a little bit, oh. yeah. 
and it was fun. We did a segment on healthy eating and, you know, kind of the Mediterranean way of life and in that part of the world and, and Messimia, you know, specifically, which has great olive oil and great olives and, you know, amazing honey and beautiful places to live. So, you know, there was that, that element of it too. I also really enjoyed uh, meeting a young, um, sustainable, organic uh, farmer on the island of Paros who left a, a budding career in international relations and went back to his grandparents' land mm. and now runs this beautiful farm. And I love stories like grows. that. Yeah, I mean, and he's, he was just such a lovely young man, you know, in his maybe or very early 30s or late 20s. And mm-hmm. he told me the story of how he met his fiancée. She, she was a student on her way back to the States, and they met... She was her last night there. They met at a bar in, on the island, and they talked about dirt and soil the whole night. And he knew that she was the woman <laughs> he was going to marry. You know, so just these, you know, you meet amazing people. Um, uh-huh. And I also just I truly loved uh, Corfu. Um, that was also a stop uh, for season three. It's such a beautiful place. It's so different from the Aegean Islands. This is on the western coast of Greece. It's part of what we call the Ionian Islands. Oh, yes, and yes. These, yeah, and these islands tend to be very, very green, you know, sort of like emerald green and deep sap, you know, the bluest blue in Greece. So uh, an amazing food, very different history because that they were influenced more by the Venetians, a lot of their mm-hmm. cooking has Italian, you know, kind of mm. brush strokes, and it's mm. really different and, and fascinating. How many so times do you hear from people how jealous they are of you? I don't, I don't ask that question. I'm just, <laughs> I feel honestly very fortunate and thankful. And yeah, um, I mean, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful gig, I have to say. So, if you wanted to leave people with some tips on how their food that they cook at home healthier and more Greek-like, uh, where would they get those ingredients and why should they impart them? Well, I would start with a couple of things before even getting into the ingredients. I would start with the approach to cooking, um, which is more common sense than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, most Greek food is very simple. You know, there are no really difficult techniques. There's nothing, uh, you know, complicated, very few complicated dishes. There are a few dishes that take time to make, but there's nothing particularly comp- complicated or difficult. Um, a few sauces maybe here and there, but I would start with that as a foundation, you know, kind of like don't stress out when you cook. It's basically common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, understand the basic flavorings that would make almost anything Greek, and that those would be things like olive oil and good sea salt, uh, Greek oregano, uh, or oregano, if you can't find Greek oregano. What's the difference in uh, Greek lettuce. oregano and oregano? Is there a it's, difference? It's, most of the oregano, I think, in the States comes from Mexico, and it's a little bit more bitter. Uh, Greek oregano is sweeter and has a much more intense flavor. It's the, you know, it's not as wet a place as Mexico, so the the essential oils are much stronger in, in everything, in all the herbs. Where do you so get I, I would, Greek you oregano? Know, um, you can find it online. Um, you can find it on my eShop, in fact, but you can also find it at, in Greek stores. And I, I would venture to say 
uh, even in places like, you know, some of the bigger supermarkets like Whole Foods, that kind of thing, you can definitely find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's labeled Greek oregano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. definitely labeled. Okay. I mean, there are different brands, but it's definitely labeled Greek oregano. Huh. Um, I would, you know, include garlic in that list. Um, so garlic, lemon, oregano, olive oil, maybe some fresh mint, maybe some fresh dill. Um, that, those are kind of the very, very basic, you know, that's the very basic palette of flavors. Okay. Um, so if you, if you were the, having the, a, a, a meal that you, that's like your favorite thing that represents the great bounty of Greece and your personal, you know, bliss list, I guess I could say, you know, you're in Greece sitting, you know, overlooking a mountain, or not overlooking, on a mountain overlooking the sea, and you're having uh, a wonderful Greek meal. What is that going to be? Um, that would be, that would start with great company. <laughs> yeah. And there would be amazing tomatoes in a salad and great olive oil and all the juices at the bottom of that bowl to, you know, dip some good bread into. There might be uh, a really fresh uh, piece of fish, simp- very simply grilled with a little bit of crunchy uh, sea salt and, and more olive oil and a little bit of lemon juice. Uh, there might be um, maybe some zucchini patties on the table, zucchini fritters or some kind of medfe, maybe some grilled octopus, um, you know, small plates that you kind of graze over. Um, there would be some really good Greek wine. Um, there'd be a view of the sea for sure. Yes. Um, and at the pick end your sea, you know, be, pick your sea. At the end of it all, there'd be amazing watermelon. Really? Now, see, I, I don't remember seeing watermelon. Is that a big thing there? That's a big thing in the summer. And it's delicious with feta cheese, real Greek feta cheese. Mm. So feta cheese and watermelon. Okay. It's excellent. Now, is, is basil something that you see a lot there? I mean, I know that's an Italian thing, but I would imagine it's also a Mediterranean thing. Would that be something that you would eat with watermelon and feta? Um, basil is, is used more now. Uh, it wasn't one of the traditional herbs used in cooking. It was something that people grew outside of their house all summer mm-hmm. uh, to ward off uh, bugs, flies, and evil spirits, uh-huh. and then it, uh, it's still, they still do this. They take it to, you see basil, these beautiful round basil plants growing outside of people's houses in the summer, and they, people take it to church, uh, I think it's September 14th, which is the uh, birthday of the Virgin Mary, which is a big holiday, uh-huh. and uh, it, you leave it in church, and it becomes the, the, the branches or what you would pre-sprinkle holy water with um, over the, ah, the, the faithful. Huh. Okay. So it's kind of All right, a, let me ask you one other thing about place. lavender. Is lavender a big thing there? Lavender is not used in cooking in Greece. It's used to, you use it in your drawers to keep the moths away. Okay. Because I, I know that lavender is, you know, tends to be in more of an arid climate, and I just for some reason thought that maybe you had great uses for it there so it's not it's not eaten it's not no. eaten no mm-hmm. okay so 
Okay, so if you wanted to leave us with some words on on things that we can get to to make our cooking better, you said that olive oil, of course. Do you have a particular favorite olive oil that we should look for? No, I would just make sure that it was from one of the places that are well known. So places like Sparta, Messinia, uh, Crete, uh, Lesbos, down with Lesbos has great olive oil. Um, those are kind of the main places in Greece, the Peloponnesos, the Peloponnese. We actually have a guy here who has a house in Kalamata. He's a, he's like a wealthy guy here, and um, I keep wanting to get some of his olive oil. Okay, we have to say goodbye, and I very much enjoy this. I will be promoting your show because I think people really should see it. It's, I, I'm so excited. I want to see it myself. Thank, thank you very thank you much, so much for being this with us. Fun. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Diane Kuchilis, My Greek Table. I'm going to tell you when it is going to be running. WGSO New Orleans, it's 3 o'clock. We'll be back. The best place for cutting-edge news and talk about southeastern Louisiana is the John Mason Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, broadcasting live from the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. Assistance Program. Through this effort, we are providing $19 billion to support our nation's agricultural producers, maintain the health of our critical food supply chains, and provide food assistance to American families. Testifying during a remote Senate hearing on Tuesday, Fed Reserve Chair Jerome Powell discusses the economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic. The scope and speed of this downturn are without modern precedent, significantly worse than any recession since World War II. We're seeing a severe decline in economic activity, and already the job gains from the last decade have been reversed. The Senate hearing is examining the disbursement of federal stimulus dollars, and you're listening to USA Radio News. In today's world, violent crime can victimize anyone, anytime. When violent crime confronts you, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For personal protection training, there's none better than FrontSight, the world's premier firearms training facility near Las Vegas, Nevada. Learn firearm skills from FrontSight's world-class instructors, led by FrontSight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza. Whether you're in law enforcement, the military, or a private citizen, after your first firearm training course at FrontSight, you'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population, guaranteed. And now, you and your family can train at FrontSight free of charge. Yes, free. Go now to FrontSight.com radio to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course, absolutely free with no catch. Enter F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com slash radio. Act now before these free courses are all taken. Secure your free four-day course at FrontSight.com slash radio. FrontSight, America's gun training destination. Vice President Mike Pence says he's not taking hydroxychloroquine. Pence telling Fox News that he wouldn't hesitate to take it if a doctor told him to do so. President Trump shocked many by saying that he was taking hydroxychloroquine. Fox News medical contributor Dr. Mark Siegel says there's no issues with the drug and he would have no problems prescribing it. When Dr. Sean Connolly, the president's physician, who I have met with and think is quite reasonable, weighs the options back and forth, he decides to prescribe it for the president. It is a doctor-patient decision. It should not be challenged. It is a medical decision made between a doctor and a patient. You can prescribe off-label. So I don't think it's wild or anything like that. I think it's reasonable. As you know, I think that that drug saved my father's life. Krispy Kreme is giving the class of 2020 a graduate dozen for free.
High school and college graduates can pick up a box today if they're wearing their cap and gown or some type of Class of 2020 apparel. This is USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. President Trump says coronavirus numbers are going down as states begin to slowly and safely reopen. It's already happening. You see it? You see what's going on? We're opening up. The states are opening up. Numbers are going down as they open. Look at uh, Georgia. Look at Florida. Look at others. Talking with reporters after meeting, talking at the Capitol after meeting with reporters, the president says a lot of good things are happening. The president is currently meeting with his cabinet at the White House. Fenway Park will host the first stadium concert with two superstar musicians without any. It's a nice night tonight and a nice, beautiful start to the day tomorrow. Comfortable levels early tomorrow, 60 to 65 or so. Then throughout the morning, sunshine Tuesday, followed by partly sunny, mostly dry. Temperatures into the middle 80s. Fair skies Tuesday night, morning lows again, 60s. Wednesday, partly cloudy, slight chance of an afternoon pop-up thunderstorm. The same for Thursday. By the afternoons, expecting highs going to the middle to upper 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Here are some things you need to know if you're asked to evacuate due to an emergency. Establish a personal emergency fund. A few extra dollars could help cover a hotel or gas cost if you're forced to leave. If you need assistance for you or your pets to evacuate, find out what resources your local emergency managers have to offer. Develop an evacuation plan now. Determine where you'd go and how to get there. Have a go kit with emergency supplies and copies of important paperwork. Keep your phones charged and warned. Tom and Marianne Fitzmorris. Hey, babe. <laughs> that sounds that's all right. I mean, that, as if that it were. That music is ours, for sure. So, Tom, it's Vintage Tom half hour. It is? Yes. It's where we reminisce. No, no, no. We're about to do it. So, where we reminisce about things that are no longer. Ah. Uh, vintage Tom, for those of you who want to know what we're talking about, um, well, you obviously know the meaning of vintage, but it's sort of a cause now of our daughter to bring back some of your more, not more, they're all really great pieces from back in the day of places that are no longer, which we in New Orleans tend to love to talk about, huh? We do. Yeah, what are you looking um, for? You're looking for it? Here I'm it for is. a piece of paper I can oh, scratch stuff on. Right, okay. okay this will work fine. Here, okay. okay. Anyway, um... The Vintage Tom can be found on nomenu.com every day where our daughter has compiled. Um, she has selected things that are... It, it, Tom has been doing this, for those of you who are, are not aware, and I'm sure there are very few people that would fall into that category, and certainly none that are listening to this show, but Tom has compiled over the last 45 years quite an amazing database of places of reviews that, and these reviews used to be done on an old typesetter machine, 
And somewhere along the line, and I, I would say it's probably in the year 2000, where um, it switched over to, actually, yeah, yeah, right about then, switched mm -hmm. over to an online version. Sounds about right. But nomenu.com is where you will find these vintage pieces, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. And uh, if you sign up for the newsletter, you will get to read these vintage pieces, which are uh, fascinating. I mean, I find them really, <laughs> I find them, first of all, very well written, sometimes hilariously funny. I thought they and were very good. I think they, they are. You know, we've been doing these programs this week, uh, midday through the, and we're- This is our third week, two uh, to four. Uh, what we have put out so far this week has been the best. And as good as anything I hear on the air, that's even for, you know compensated in yes. any uh, way. If yeah. Everything is kind of okay. So the vintage Tom, though, getting back to vintage Tom, is um, you know I know that Richard I'm a China Collins. Two oh eight. Twenty oh eight. Yeah. Oh no, no, wait a minute. That's a that's a different. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, Me neither. <laughs> I know that Richard Collin was your mentor. Mm -hmm he was a professor of yours at UNO, but he had the book out. What is it called? What was his? The thing? New Orleans, no, the American. No, it's the New Orleans Restaurant Guide or something. No, no, it, it the, well, let me tell you what it It's came on the shelf in there. Somebody can run and go get uh, it, but. The, the. Uh, this is, this is the guy that set you up into your, into your criticism, <clears throat> which is what I would call it. Because, yeah. you know, we get, yeah. we get emails. Yeah, he, I wasn't a particular <laughs> fan of the guy. No, you were, Tom. You, you revered him, which I never could understand. But, but what's so funny is that every now and then we'll get an email and, and people will say, you know, Tom used to never be that, that negative about something. And the then New I York read one of these the, things and I go, the, what? It, 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 their real title was the uh, New York. Uh, Tom, let me, I'll just find uh, it. How about that? I'll just go ahead and find it. But uh, the one today is, yesterday we talked about Maylies. Oh, this was actually exemplified even more so in, there's a book called The Eat Book, which we have to the reprint. Eat. And it's all these restaurants. A lot of them are gone now. And then you and Peggy did. Is that 2012, Tom? Did you do that book in 2012? Because that's hard to believe. In 2012? 2012, The Lost Restaurants oh, of New Orleans. Well, I we, think that might have been 2012. We might have. Yeah. Anyway, that, that book was, yeah. But you loved it because you love all of those restaurants. And then people love it and because Peggy. they love to read. Yeah, you and Peggy Scott Peggy, Laborde. Uh, yeah. couldn't have done yeah. it without her. Yeah. So um, it was a really good book. And people love that. So when we sort of took over, people think we have Tom tied up in the basement. But um we took over the uh, publication of New Orleans Menu. These vintage pieces were a way for our daughter to rediscover what you did back in the day. And she's absolutely enthralled with it. So this is her pet project to introduce or reintroduce people to the Tom Fitzmorris of the 70s. How's this as a project for your daughter or your son. Well, it, nobody's making her do it. No, She's no, but, willingly but what, and enthusiastically what doing she it. has has given us yeah. makes me think yeah. there's some sort of vaguely cross your mind kind of a, yeah. nobody could be into this. this 
No, she. But, but, it, but it's really interesting. But That's the, what's good about the vintage. When it's really she was finished with stuff. it, it wasn't just that big book yeah. with all the photographs and everything. She yeah. had a million other little pieces of this and that, and very entertaining. And I know, uh, you know, stuff that I. And wrote, she quit but, her job to do it. And I'm so. Uh, and it's. From, it's. I just love her. For, she's for doing, doing a fascinating. She's doing a great job with it, but. But anyway, getting back to, that's all the, the basis for this. But today's entry of the vintage Tom is called the Chinese Tea Garden. Tom, do you remember ah, that place? I do remember it. It was about two blocks away from where I lived at that time in the general uh, UNO area. UNO, uh-huh. And that's why it was my house. So your house was... What was it, Street? About four blocks. It was St. Anthony Street. Was it no, Anthony Street? No, no. it was... Um, uh, it was St. Oh gosh, no, I, I have to Saint remember Anthony, which. Tom. It was one of those. Uh, yeah, it was double. across street. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, but anyway, Chinese Tea Garden was where? Was it on Elysian Fields? In Elysian corner of Elysian okay. Elysian Fields and this Robert E. Lee. Robert, no, it was more towards the lake. Huh. Okay. It'll come to me in a minute. It's okay. a Duff. It's a Duff. Uh, like it's named, it's named for a president. Huh. One of the early. I see. Okay. So anyway, so the Chinese Tea Garden yeah. was good. Did you like mm -hmm. it? Did I like what? The Chinese Tea Garden. Uh, it was good. It was uh, unusually good because on Elysian Fields, everything was pretty much, okay, here's box number two, here's box number three, here's, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Uh, Is the Swiss Bakery still there? Was that where no, it was? No, that wasn't, that, that was not ever there. What was it called? The it, Swiss Confectioner? I, I, it's, it was in that general neighborhood. I think neighborhood, you even mentioned not, it in this piece. Here. If anybody can remember, this is what we have to do every now and then. If you have, <laughs> Help um, us out. if you remember that this bakery, and it was immediately next door to it Mr. Was Mr. Wedding Cake. Mr. Wedding Cake. Lawrence's Mr. He Wedding Cake. He was next cake. door to Mr. Wedding Cake. Is that where the, that was the tea garden? That's where, that's where the, it was? Uh -huh. That's where the tea garden So it's kind of like in a strip mall. Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh huh. Because I can picture Mr. Lawrence's wedding cake bakery. Oh I can, boy, was that guy! I can guy remember good. that. They yeah. made donuts. Uh, uh, they did. Uh, uh, there was no sign. Around, you said. around Mardi Gras, they did uh, king cakes. King cakes, mm -hmm. like you would never believe. They yeah. were just fantastic. You say that um, there is no sign at the Chinese Tea Garden. Is that true? There's no uh, sign there. Maybe there is one, but the one I was shooting for was the one uh, that uh, asked our <laughs> are you uh, question, and then we turn him up. Uh, I'm laughing at your description of the inside of the place. Inside, there is a tea garden only through the use of great imagination, a few fake trees, a few flowery iron grills, a wall of painted mirror panels surrounded by day, a solitary stream of sunlight from a tiny skylight. Sigh. The place is only open at night. Monroe. Here, an oversized bar used only as a cabinet for a minimal liquor inventory betrays the decor as late it used to be something Elise. I don't even know what that means. A common look among Chinese restaurants. Hmm. I don't even, what does that mean, Tom? It used to be something else. It used to, as late it used to it be was, something else. It was a bakery for quite a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, and... In fact, I lived directly across the street. You did? From the other side of it. Huh, okay. And uh, I think it was uh, Monroe, President Monroe. Okay. Uh, if it wasn't Well, nobody him, knows anyway. 
Yeah, Tom, well. so don't worry about it. But I'm going to mm -hmm. get to the menu. The appetizers sell me. What's this, what, is, what does that mean? Sell me for $2.25. That's what's on here. I An appetizer know. named Sell Me. <laughs> and this is like right out of the menu. So it's, it, this is not an imagination. This is for real. Egg rolls at $1.75. Soup, mm -hmm. Chinese green. Huh. Oh, What's in, a Chinese green days, soup for $1.25? was so cheap, but very good when it was good. Uh-huh. Uh, when did this place depart? When did this place end its reign here? Do you know? Do you remember? Do you have uh, any idea? It kind of came down at the, about the same time when the, there was a supermarket uh, right across the street, the name of which is not going to jump out of my head. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to remember it. It was uh, mm. one of those. Back uh, at the restaurant on your Pips, way out. Paps, no, Paps. 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 Oh, boy. Paps Here we was, go. Paps. Paps was two blocks and one diagonal block. Well, no wonder you discovered it because you used to love to go to I went every year. Perhaps you went no, every, every day. Year. No, I went there once a week. Oh, I know. That's right. Because yeah. you had your you had your ritual of going to the supermarket. You would go to the supermarket. And have, you would get a basket, and you would literally go up every up and down every aisle, right? Every up and down. Yeah. 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 I remember you used easy. to do that. The kids used to love to do that you with know, you. I'm so glad I, I never really had to go to the store. I really want to do it now because <laughs> what goes on when I get the from the voice from the from the. <laughs> The bosses, the Marys. The Marys. This, 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 this. Uh -huh. this. So of course, well, I can look this up, except that. You, know, you always forget one. You know, but if you've gone up and down all, uh -huh. every single aisle of the shop, yeah. you don't leave, leave you anything. You spend an hour, for sure. Because you remember it. This was like a really big ritual with you, Tom. I grew up in a home, and I've said this a million times. I grew up in a home, first of all, the Vienna sausages, but... Um, we, first of all, we lived only a block or two from the supermarket, which is a really good thing because we would be sent to the store five or six times a day. Mm. And it was because my mom was doing something in the kitchen and then would forget whatever it was. So I grew up in a completely different supermarket experience household where the idea of putting uh, putting something in a basket and then taking that basket and going up and down every single aisle for an hour was so foreign to me mm. that I was really glad that you and the kids made it sort of an event. And, and I was just happy to send you all off and you could stay as long as you wanted. Here's something for those of you who like reminiscing. Reminiscing? reminiscing. Uh -huh. It was on Fillmore, Tom. <laughs> Fillmore. That's the street. That's right. Yeah, Fillmore. That, and that's also the answer to this other thing. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, uh, you, you, you pushed me off when I was Oh, kinda, I'm sorry. Now, what, what, was, what was that? I don't uh, know. I was talking no, you, about going up and down the aisles, and then you were about it, to say what, something. What was the what, which was the? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, entrees, they had a pepper steak. <laughs> Doesn't every uh, Chinese place or didn't every Chinese place at that time have a pepper steak? This was kind of expensive, though, Tom. It was three seventy five. That was when for, was this? For those days, that was for a big, big pile of Chinese food <laughs> and uh, and a certain amount of appetizer. Oh, this is a dinner special. Okay, yeah. this is fun. I love to go through these old menus, but we need to take a break. So we're going to take a break. If you want to talk to us about the Chinese tea garden, give us a call. 556-9696 is the number, and we will be back.
A French chef in New Orleans once said, ladies love chocolate and they do. The more premium, the better. Now New Orleans has a first-class chocolatier, Piety and Desire Chocolates. Handcrafted by owner Chris Nobles from only ethically traded cocoa beans, these bonbons are pure artistry. See his work at pietyanddesirechocolate.com or call 504-491-4333 to order for pickup 11 to 7, Tuesday through Saturday at the store, 2727 South Broad Street. Piety and Desire Chocolate. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. Casa Garcia is tucked into a shopping center where Metairie turns to Kenner. Octavio Garcia has been welcoming people in to enjoy the flavors of his homeland since 1984. Try the seafood sampler, seafood nachos, or a 14-ounce grilled pork chop. Octavio's mother, Sarita's tamales, are on the menu, but I'll stick to her delicious flan. Casa Garcia, 8814 Veterans Boulevard, Metairie. 4640854 I won't dance don't ask me I won't dance don't ask me I won't dance madam with you Woohoo Let's go to Jim who wants to talk about Galatoire's what I had my uh, what my uh, pen my, yes yeah, I love that pen by the way Anyway uh, Jim wants to talk away? about Galatoire's yeah. and do, uh, we're going to keep talking about the Chinese Tea garden, but let's talk to Jim first. Hi. Okay. Well, I, I Jim, never went to the, to the uh, I never went to the Chinese tea room, but um, been to Galatoire's many, many times. Beginning when I was a kid in the fifties, um, growing up in Gulfport, when my mother would take us shopping on Canal Street, she always took us to lunch yep. at either Galatoire's or Quarter Two Sisters, which were her two favorite places. Um, one of my favorite dishes at Galatoire's still is the gotcha salad. No anchovy, please. Um, I remember, and I don't know if I dreamed this up or it's an actual memory, but when I was a kid, it seemed to me there were other lunch or dinner salads on the menu that were named after other major Canal Street retailers, so like a D.H. Yes. Holmes. Um, yes, good guess. Uh, but that's true. I'll tell you the details if you want to keep on going yeah, and fill the rest I, yeah, of the question. I, I, yeah, I would like to hear, Yeah, because that yeah, was my memory. Uh, and I, yeah, there it was. There was Galatoire. That was the a name of from the one of the early. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, but there was a. He's um, looking for a name salad of, of retailers. All of the big department stores, they had a dish named for them at Galatoire somewhere. Was there a Gold Rings? Uh, there was a Gold Rings. There was. Uh, gee, I, I can see it now. It was on thirty. Uh, it was on three. Was it three like a side street? No, it was on the corner of Canal Street and Barone, uh -huh. and it was and it had a. Uh, uh, you recognize it immediately, but it's not coming to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but there were. So he's right. There was a. Yeah, does Maison anybody Blanche, else remember this? A uh, Maison Blanche salad. Uh, uh -huh. Salad, yeah. Huh. And uh, they had several more. D.H. Holmes. I wonder why they took that off the menu, because that's kind of a 
Lansing? It was, yeah. I used to go there all every time I went to the downtown. It was, uh -huh. I'd jump in there. Uh, it huh. was one of those words that has two eyes, one next to each other. So, so um, the salads there. The, I mean, there. Are, I can only think of maybe four yeah. stores that were really sort of legendary. Yeah. Gold ring. Oh wait, what was that? Kriegers? Was there a Kriegers, Kriegers. salad? Was there a Kriegers, Kriegers. salad? There was yeah, what? Kriegers yeah. salad. Okay. Yeah. Yes, if there was you a look Kriegers at salad. the uh, front page of a lot of New Orleans magazine, mm -hmm. uh, in the in the seventies and sixties, oh, uh -huh. you will see this effect. There, there were a lot of department stores that had. Is uh, there a Gotcha's salad still on the menu at Galatoire's? Uh, yes. I don't. I don't think I they're think, around. I think it is. God, Jim, yeah, is, is the gotcha salad, salad still on the menu? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, I thought it well, was. Because you, you know what? I think, uh, what is the gotcha salad? Do you know? It's lump crab meat, uh, bull yeah. shrimp, okay. uh, vinaigrette yeah. dressing, yeah. and a yeah. hated anchovy on top. I, I knew that was that um, I've been hanging out at Galatoire's in the last couple of years with my niece, who's a huge fan and has her birthday party there all the time. And that's what she usually gets. So I remember the gotcha's salad immediately, but I didn't know that, Tom. I didn't know that that's there was... That's an old... Uh, it was a funny thing, hmm. but they, they did. They had like five or six uh, salads yeah, that were... interesting. ...were named for uh, one of their... So, Jim, it's stores. not your imagination. There you go. I'm <laughs> glad you real. asked that question. For once. My, you know, my kids always say about me, frequently wrong, but never in doubt. So I'm glad to be right for a change. <laughs> Good I love that. I might have to use that. <laughs> My kids would say that about me, too. <laughs> well, thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks thank Thanks for the information. Take care. My pleasure, too. A Krieger sound. Now, that, makes me, that sound. makes me want to think about all the retailers uh -huh. that were once uh, in poor, poor Canal Street. Girls. Mostly. Such seen better if days. I remember right. Uh-huh. Kriegers? Kriegers, I think, was girls. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. I don't and remember. I was... Men's for sure was, I used to go up on the third floor of, what's the name of that store? It was on Barone Street, half a, not even a half block off Canal. Uh, and, uh, and it had its own name. It had a, it had a, a Jewish name, but. Is you know, it Rubenstein's? Most of them, Rubens, huh? Rubenstein's? Rubenstein's. Well, they've was, been around. They're still there. That store is still yeah. there. Oh, good. And Meyer the Hatter. Those guys have still been around forever and ever. But um, I had no idea that that, well, you know, that wasn't kind of my world. You know, I lived in Kenna and uh, we had seven kids in the family and we wow. ate big vats of food. So dining out was not a big part of my experience, mm. nor was shopping on Canal Street because we made our own clothes. So. Anyway, 5569696 is the number if you would like to chat with us. We're we're in memory lane right now. So um Go chug. Yeah. Did we put that in our That's what list? he said. The gotcha salad gotcha, was the gotcha. one that he eats when he goes there and that's uh -huh. what he he seemed to remember that there were other salads back in the day yeah. that were named for retailers on and Canal those Street. Were them. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I I just can remember my own experience. Gold Rings I know was one, and uh, Krieger's was another. Maison Blanche, D H Holmes's as they is, like to say. No it, one ever calls it Holmes. It was D H Holmes's. What? This is yeah yeah they did. I remember <laughs> my big sister used that expression all the time. I know, uh, but which I, was actually the site of a really good restaurant. Go ahead, what? 
Really? Holmes, yeah. Oh, yeah. D.H. Holmes' cafeteria. Holmes is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, where was what was I talking about? I, oh, I remember, yeah. I, I got in the habit of, of going to Dornat. No, not Dornat. <laughs> Holmes, D.H. Holmes. We were just talking about it a minute ago. Galatoire's. No, that Holmes. was Galatoire's. Uh, uh, Gotcha. No. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. And okay. um, uh-huh. I used to go in there by myself. Yeah. I had a friend who was the coolest guy at Jesuit High School. Uh, but he, he, I just watched him one day when we went up to get some clothes. Uh huh. And uh, he, and then I, I put together a suit, and he looked at me and he said, uh, "You never do checks and and." Uh, I beg your pardon. The last time I saw this man was at the reunion, and yeah. he was dressed like something out of a '30s movie. He had pinstripe and all kinds of other things. Those black and white shoes. And- well, Billy McCarthy, my uh, my mentor, <laughs> he said, "No, you never your ever cool never. You just checks and stripes." Actually, that's not true anymore. Tom. Well, I don't know. I, I Paul was Smith. so I was so uncool. Yeah. That I yeah. Uh, was very pleased to get that kind that of advice. Yeah. But he taught me how to be a. a, a, a <laughs> Please don't say a cool guy. Uh, yeah. You're not gonna say a cool no, guy. I, I, I oh, you touch how to dress though. Uh-huh. And yeah. My, I like what you're wearing right now. Uh, what, nice. did, what did you call that? This this is called right here. Uh huh. Button. A button. Button collar. Button, button down, down collar. But yeah. he taught me that. He said, uh-huh. get a button collar. That's Actually, those are not hip anymore, Tom. Well, I'm weren't. sorry. This was 1967. <laughs> we don't have to worry about This that. all started with just talking about the Chinese tea garden, which we're going to get back to. But uh, we we always like to go down memory lane. Everyone in New Orleans, for some oh, reason, likes to go down memory lane. What on, can you say? In the 24, 25 years of doing a radio show, the one you can't miss it subject is the old time days. You yeah. Say, Remember when this was this way and yeah. when this was. They ain't dare no more. It's crowd. A, <laughs> a solid concrete. Uh, <laughs> it absolutely is. All right, we uh, are getting to the bottom of the hour, but first I want to say something about delivery NOLA. Tom. Yes. Admit it right here in front of God and everyone, you've had some great meals taken out of restaurants, even gourmet Uh restaurants, right? What, you thrown out of a restaurant? No, 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 I'm talking Uh, about getting food delivered. No, we're not going to go off on a tangent. Okay, well, let's not. You've had great food delivered, and you've had great meals in this whole situation, haven't you? Good Uh, gourmet meals. There there was one that I had, and then we had another one exactly Uh the same way, uh, but a okay. week later. Yeah, it was good. And and the point is that it was good because you can get this from Delivery Nola. If you're a restaurant, check with Delivery Nola mm-hmm. because they'll save you money. They're local guys. If you are a diner, they'll save you money too. Delivery Nola, D L I V E R Y Nola.com. Download mm-hmm. the app and talk to them, restaurants, because they'll save you money. Good. We'll be back. WDSO, New Orleans. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. House Republican legislators urge Governor Edwards to reconsider the 25% limit on capacity for businesses during Phase 1. Alexandria Representative Lance Harris says the success essential businesses had during the stay-at-home order and the flexibility offered to casinos are evidence that the blanket statewide 25% cap is too heavy-handed. Even the casinos should employ Trumps 
guidelines on opening up a business to get America open again, which means the businesses can decide what that protocol is according to the CDC. The request was successfully amended onto a resolution that passed the House, and Amy's Representative Robbie Carter says the limit is there to protect public safety and may not be in place for much longer. We're reviewing that again, and it may go to 50% or 75%. Carter says if trends like today's numbers hold up, it's likely the state will move to phase two in early June. The state reported 18 new COVID fatalities and 329 new cases, along with declines in ventilator and hospitalization use. Louisiana Radio Network. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free. And it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. True. You want to go to George? Let's. George wants to talk about some good memories too. Let's go to George. George. I think it's George. Huh? Hey, how y'all doing? Hey. We're doing great. Nice hearing from. Oh, is this Copeland's George? Yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> I, I love Copeland's George. Hey. I had to find y'all though. I had Wait, to go what? on a hunt to find y'all. Having a little. I oh well. Everybody has that problem, but it's getting better. Well, I'm glad that you found us because we would have missed you if you didn't come along with us. Good. Yeah. Well, well, thank God for the internet. The internet tell you everything about everybody. <laughs> That's about right. So you always have good news for us of some kind. Let's hear it. Well, I'm going back back into where I was a teenager and uh, I used to go to that restaurant, that Garden Tea restaurant on Fillmore. Uh, yeah. On yeah. Yeah, I remember that. This is He's like back in the eighties, you know. It was uh, good. I used to get that pepper steak, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it won't. Oh, that's home. a good one. Uh huh. See, I have no recollection of this, was, but Tom does. Huh? True. I said I have no recollection of this place, but Tom does. You got the pepper steak, and what else? Yeah, they they used to be uh, right next to Lawrence, the little um, the bakery place. I used to live. Yeah, right. Like about a half a mile away from there, but uh, I used to like going to that restaurant. And you know what I noticed is that back in that time, they used to have a lot of Chinese restaurants in New Orleans, 
And I don't know what happened after Katrina. They just like kind of disappeared. Katrina washed away a lot of that, things Tom? that never came back. Yeah. And uh, but does Tom agree with that? That they used to have more Chinese restaurants. You think, Tom? Did they have a lot more Chinese restaurants back before Katrina? Do you think? Well, before we had Katrina, uh, we had. As a matter of fact, I can go back a little farther than that. Uh, in around um, uh, nineteen ninety-five, I want to say. We had over a hundred Chinese restaurants in. Yeah, Dallas. that's what I'm talking about. And what happened? They used to be everywhere. Funny. What? They used to Every be everywhere time, in the city. Uh, what? He said everywhere in the city. They used to everywhere in the city. Yeah. And then uh, when we came back from Katrina, uh, it, the Chinese community uh, st was stamped down a pretty good bit. And uh, the, that's when the uh, the Vietnamese community kind of clicked in. Uh, and I'm not yeah. in a, a hush about all that. All, all of that was good and great to have. And it's better to have Chinese food than no Chinese food. So uh, yeah. it was a, a great time for this, for the, especially for the Vietnamese community, which is, you know, obviously not the same as. China. Don't you think the Vietnamese community was well established before Katrina? But oh yeah, it was. But boy, they had a job to do when they came back. Uh huh. They had a huge uh, and a problem to just get get mm -hmm. rolling again. Yeah. And they did a, a terrific job with it. Well, I'll tell you what. All of those people are hard workers. So, they are hard you know. workers. I I remember coming back from Katrina, still doing the newsletter. I was getting ready to put out a newsletter, and one of the things that came up was uh, we just got a, a note today that uh, I can't remember what the name mm -hmm. of it was, uh, Vietnamese, and I said that's impossible because most of the uh, totally wiped out down there was yeah, in New right. Orleans East, yeah. where they had all these overly huge. Um, yeah, but you know what, Tom. If you're from Vietnam and you made it here, you yeah. you're okay Looks with like hardship. An easy street. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, going back from Katrina was probably the easiest thing you've done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, we do have Chinese restaurants, George, but they tend to be a little hipper than the ones yeah. we're talking about here. Don't you think? Now you, yeah, yes, I agree with that because uh, I yeah. remember that certain restaurant that uh, that Tom brought up today, that garden. Uh, Tea, yeah, Chinese tea garden. Uh -huh. Yeah, you used to go in there and it was like, it just make you feel like you was just outside of New Orleans, the way that it was, you know, the way that it was in the inside. And um, you used to get that kind of feel with the old restaurants, the old Chinese restaurants in New Orleans. And now the only one that I could kind of feel that way about, you know, just being like somewhere in Vietnam or China somewhere, it's um, China Dolls. Y'all ever been to China Dolls? Yeah, you talking about the one on North Arnold? No, this is the one in um, it's in the West Bank on Manhattan and uh, the West oh. West Bank Expressway. Oh. No, probably Tom has, but yeah. I haven't. You know what, George? Oh, we got to wrap it up. We got oh. a, a bunch of other callers. I um I, I'm glad that you found us because you always have a lot of interesting stuff to say. So please call us back, okay? But Thanks I will call back, care. and next time I'm going to ask Tom about do. some more on uh, landmarks. Okay. Thank you. 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 Th
And by Rhonda, okay. you are no. Bye. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right who else right, do we have now? I don't know. Let's see. Sal, let's go to Sal. Sal, welcome to the food show. Hey, Sal, how y'all doing? There? I'm hey. here. How's it going? Uh, we're rolling right along. It is uh, Wednesday, isn't it? Or nope, Thursday? Tuesday. It's Tuesday. 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 Jim Sparkle. When you're in lockdown. Yeah, we, we figured what, something else we were trying to figure out a few minutes ago. Film. Uh, well, the call is from Gulfport. Jim. And there's was also a mine. Okay. The caller from, there? from Gulfport, what? Yeah, go ahead. The call from Jim, Gulfport, he, what? Yeah, Jim sparked a thought in my mind of a memory, and y'all kind of hinted around it as you were uh, picking up the next call, and that is when you started naming the dishes after the department stores, it reminded me of the cafeterias that used to actually be in the department stores, and that really sparked a memory of some of my childhood days of, uh, you know, going shopping with my mom and sister and dad at Gus Myers and places like that. Gus and then we'd always wind up going to one of the, uh, you know, one of the cafeterias in either Maison Blanche or DH Homes. And if, if memory serves me correctly, and I, I, I do have a copy of your book, from, by the way, The Extinct Restaurants of New Orleans, didn't Austin Leslie start at DH Homes Cafeteria? Well, did Austin was Leslie he, start at D.H. Holmes Cafeteria? Hmm. Did Austin, do you know that? Did no, Austin I Leslie? didn't know that, but I know no, that I'm it asking. was very well established and everybody went there. Are you I'm talking about Popery or the cafeteria? The cafeteria. It's either Austin. Yeah, they were both in there, but one of them was like a, almost like a like a buffet or something. Uh-huh, a cafeteria. And the other uh-huh. one was a buffet, a uh, different kind of buffet. One was a restaurant and one was okay. a cafeteria. You, you said the name. Uh, Potpourri. 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 Yeah. Maybe and they, that was it. I thought I remembered reading in the book that that's where he got In the uh, Lakeside Mall. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They still had that in Lakeside you know, Mall? No. Go ahead. Not that I know of. If, maybe it's well, Holmes, Holmes is gone anyway. So. I don't think, yeah. 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 Holmes is I took ahead, Sal, what? So uh, another memory that y'all were talking about is the Chinese restaurants. And I've never been to the one y'all were, y'all were mentioning, but one of the ones that really sparked a memory that's no longer there is the Hong Kong that was out on Robert E. Lee and Pontchartrain Boulevard. Oh. Boy, do I remember that well. You liked that one, didn't and you? I, I did like that one a lot. It was kind of, uh, let's see, what's the word I'm... Authentic. Authentic, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that will. Cool. But let's just say you could uh, kind of have your face first date. Oh, it was uh, dark. Oh, okay. So it's dark. dark. I think we went through things. the Hong Kong. Well, I think so, that Tom was, really wanted one, to. What? There, was one, there was one that was located in that strip mall where the theater was, where um, the Robert Market is now. And then there was a Hong Kong down the street that was on Pontchartrain Boulevard, or Lakeshore Boulevard at that point, that was butted up against the back of the uh, 17th Street Canal, if I'm not mistaken. Which one? I think was you're with? talking was about China Post- Rose in that Lakeview Mall where yeah, well, that Robert's was a completely is. different. Thing. That was a good oh, restaurant, wasn't it? They were it? a good restaurant. Yeah. They were a good restaurant. All, I remember going to both. A Brit. I can't yeah. Which oh, really? We went yeah, to, you but... could hear his tell. His was. You was... know what, Tom? I think he's at Ming's now. Yeah. I think so. 
Or, or wait a minute. Are there some kind of there's some also connection? Also, Arnold. No, that is that the same thing. That's, That's just, the just up place? the street from Drago's. Huh. Okay. One block. I think those. But, yeah, those are some of the great memories I have of extinct restaurants in my childhood growing up. And in fact, I can't remember which of the Chinese restaurants we went to, but I remember. Uh, we went to see Fantasia at that movie theater right there on Robert E. Lee, which is, like I said, where the Robert market is now. And then we went to eat Chinese food afterwards. And talk about memories. It was just it was great growing up in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. Tom is so, good well, at stirring up share, memories, share that's those. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully we'll have more <laughs> memories to make when all of this stuff goes away. Oh, yeah. And, and not not a memory of this so much. All right, thanks for calling, no. Sal. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, take care. All right, uh, do we have any other callers right now, Henry? We have Ron the Gourmet Waiter. Let's go to him before we take a break. Ron, was... Ron the Gourmet Waiter. Good afternoon. Gourmet I was waiter. calling in about uh, remembrances, and I've got a very, very uh, fun restaurant that's no longer here. What's it was uh, Cafe Nino with Nino Bongiorno. <laughs> You know oh, Nino. Uh -huh. Don't you remember Nino? <laughs> yeah. Don Giorno. Um, it's where Bure is old, now. Bure. Yes. This was originally an old steak and egg kitchen that I used to eat at hmm. uh, in high school. And then at some hmm. point when I moved back into town, I was gone for four years, I drove by and there was, there was Cafe Nino because I was living on Carrollton Avenue and Panola. And, and the thing about Cafe Nino that I really liked was he served it cafeteria style. I would walk in, I'd look at him, and I would go, anything. I'd grab my drink, I'd walk over, and he hands me a plate of food. So I'm eating within 30 seconds of walking in the door. When I finish, you bring him the utensils, throw your plate away, and hand him a $10 bill, and you walk out. Is he still around, Ron? I don't know. I've tried to look him up. The rumor was was when he closed on Carrollton, the rumor was was that he was going to reopen in the warehouse district, but I've never seen that. Mm. He was a yeah, really I mean, nice I think guy. he's still around as a person, but uh, but I thought that he was supposed to reopen somewhere too. Yeah, he was a really nice guy. <laughs> I had an Italian party one night with, with about 20 people over at my house, and he lent me some Andrea Bocelli uh, Italian opera and some of those uh -huh. red and white checkered tablecloths. <laughs> I could totally see that. I could totally see it. He was just a really right. nice guy, but I, I'm so sorry the restaurant is gone. I really missed the restaurant and Nino. Well, you know, they've they've kept that style of service there at Bure, which is a part of the Boucherie group. Um, and and it's the same it's the same kind of thing. You just walk in and look in a counter. It's there's not been that much that's been done to that place, which is interesting. Yeah. All right. Take care, I, I Ron. I love Italian food. Thank, Thank you. you. Great show. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. You are listening are to WGSO 990. We're going yes. to take a break. Phone number is 55696 if you want to join us and remember things. We'll that's, be back. Casa Garcia is tucked into a shopping center where Metairie turns to Kenner. Octavio Garcia has been welcoming people in to enjoy the flavors of his homeland since 1984. Try the seafood sampler, seafood nachos, or a 14-ounce grilled pork chop. 
Octavio's mother, Sarita's tamales, are on the menu, but I'll stick to her delicious flan. Casa Garcia, 8814 Veterans Boulevard, Metairie. 4640854. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef, combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. That's right. You huh? will, wouldn't, won't you? You'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Sing it. Yes. Oh, I get to sing? No, you just sang it, but I was going to have you sing it again because I know how you love it. And I have to say, I have not eaten in a restaurant with you in a long time, so I haven't heard it much except on oh, the radio. That's too bad. 5569696 is the number. I'm going to drop in a little words to eat by uh, because it's Nora Ephron, and I love Nora, Nora Ephron. Ephron, who was born today in 1941. I didn't realize that she was that old. I, I quote, I have made a lot of mistakes falling in love mm. and regretted most of them, but never the potatoes that went with them. I wouldn't, I, End quote. Listen to this one. Her name was, wait, I cannot, Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron wrote an article that was in Esquire, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure. Uh, if, anyway, she wrote an article about a restaurant critic who was a real uh, a uh -huh. holy uh huh yeah uh, Richard Collin. <laughs> Wait, Nora Ephron. You can knew look it Richard up. Collin. I could totally believe that. You could look it up. In I the can book. totally believe that. He wrote it about Richard Collin instead. Did she say his name? She didn't say his no, name. Yeah. Why? <gasps> no. Yeah. Really? When it, when what it, was the name of the book? I can't remember exactly, oh, but okay. it's it's a good it's a good title. <laughs> but he uh -huh. uh, fear of flying and, and, was it he, fear of flying? No, no, no. Colin was a was a hot guy. I mean, he he was uh, he he. Did well, a lot he must of, have looked a lot different in his younger days because when I met him, well, I would not call uh, him hot. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> it, but uh, okay. when, that, when there were a lot of people who uh, really. <laughs> Pulled him down. I didn't uh, realize that. He had a very uh, acerbic a, personality, uh, is the word. Yeah. Acerbic. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. Let's go to Tom. Yeah. Tom <laughs> is here to talk to Tom. Yes. Is that <laughs> hey, true? Glad, glad, glad to hear you're back on. We Thank are. Thank you. You don't know how much I am uh, thankful to be here at all. So, did you, did you have trouble finding us too, Tom? Hmm? No, I heard you were going to be on before okay. you actually went on. Okay, you, all right. You did, a, Just you did a spot for that. I was wondering, you wouldn't remember this restaurant, but Tom, by the old Morrison's on Gravier Street. Matan. Oh, I, you know, I vaguely remember. I know where you're talking about. It was on the <laughs> lakeside uh, of uh, Common, I think. Uh, I think he said well, What's the name of the place? What was the name of the place? It was Morrison's. And when you went in there, oh. you thought you were in Mexico or something like that because it was all Spanish decor. <laughs> oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a cafeteria? The Morrison's cafeteria? No, it was, uh, if I remember right, because I was a little kid, you'd go in uh -huh. there and you would, you would order. But 
the decoration was was you know entirely Spanish. You thought you'd walked into a restaurant. Oh, that Mexico. place. Yeah, yeah. It showed like a a plaza of a of a little town somewhere in Mexico, hmm. and it was on the on the uh, lakeside, and it was a at one time and maybe still, uh, it had a. Uh, uh, um, uh, oh gee, it's a, it I can't a help you with these. If it predates me, Tom, I can't help yeah, you. Well, I, I just about have a, <laughs> a, a, a cafeteria. No, he said it wasn't Morrison's cafeteria. I think it was the same place next door to it. it yeah, was, I was about was, to say. I, I asked him about it being Morrison's were, cafeteria because like two per two or three per block uh -huh. with uh, uh, some of those places. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Boy, okay. they were terrible. <laughs> what, Morrison's cafeteria? Just in general cafeterias. Pa. Except one one that was really good, and that was Wise Cafeteria, yeah. which was great. Yeah. Did you like cafeterias, Tom? I love cafeterias. No, not you, Tom. Him, Tom. Oh, excuse me. Oh, some of them. The Wise Cafeteria on Jeff Davis. Yeah. That used to be a, a really good cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. And That's right. We, we already said that. That's so now, true. Now, Wise... I got to go to Wise with you before it closed. So that had to have been in the early 90s, maybe. When did Wise Cafeteria close, Tom? I used to go there in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. But I think it made it all the way to, to the 90s. I think it did, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also remembered the day he quit. Yeah, were you there? Martin Wise. Were you there? Martin Wise. I was. I was uh, uh, and uh, he fired everybody in one moment. Huh. And nobody knows why, because he was a totally great guy. His his restaurant, his cafeteria was really good. And mm. it was a good bargain. It was Maybe you know, just spoke and up and just, said, I'm done with that's this. How that it happens was. a lot Poof, of times. What happened to him? Yeah. Nobody, and his, a lot of his employees <clears throat> had been with him for a long time. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, it could be anything. Yeah. Can't All right, Tom. kill him or anything. <laughs> well, it, Thank you for it, calling. <clears throat> That was Thank just you. like when the uh, the drugstore on Carrollton Avenue gave up the ghost because there was nobody to run it. Yeah, well, a lot yeah, of that, that was, a lot of that going on right now. That so. was the last one with a soda fountain where you could get a nectar soda. I am I am pulling, pulling for the rumor that I heard. That Peaches Records on magazine is going to fire up that Woolworth counter. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that from somewhere. I should we should call them and find out if that's true. Yeah, go do that. All right, Tom. Thank you for calling. <laughs> thank you. It's great to be here, and we'll see you next week. All I right. Think. Did you okay. say there was someone else, Henry? Was there somebody else holding on? Larry. Okay, let's talk Larry. to Larry. Five five six nine six nine six. Hey guys, one of my favorite all-time lunch spots was when I was back at WWL Television on Rampart, we used to always go over to Buster Holmes. Do you remember that? Tom talks about Buster Holmes all the time. You like Buster Holmes, right? Uh, Buster Holmes? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Did he? Yeah, Buster Holmes. Tom, you told me stories just in the last he, week about Buster Holmes. Yeah. Oh, is this the, the guy who was, a, he was a, a, an, an actor? Let, no, let's let let's let uh, Larry talk about it. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, okay. Did he did he close that little place down in the quarter because he became a head chef at Brennan's? Was Buster Holmes the head chef? At Brennan's? None of this 
computes I don't think with me. So. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I seem to remember that because I was at WDSU on Royal Street, and when I would walk by going to the office in the morning, he was standing outside of Brennan's. Hmm. What year was, was that? I have no idea. Oh, that was back in 82, 83, just before the fair. Wow. Huh. Hmm. What, what was the name of it again? It was talking about Buster Holmes. Buster Holmes. Yeah. No, that, that just means nothing to me. Uh, but I'm uh, glad you little, called because I'll find out. It was a little bitty place deep in the French Quarter, and it was just one room. The center of the room was a U-shaped bar around the fireplace, and those were the only chairs there at the bar. If You'd stand behind the people that were eating, waiting for them to leave to get your place. Oh, wow. Uh, it was great. Tom, this is, I could swear it's Buster Holmes is the place that you tell that story about where you heard it was a dollar to eat something. And then you said, I heard that you can get a plate of beans for a dollar or something. And then they said, that's for the poor people. Oh, 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 that was. Is, uh, does that ring a bell, Larry? I know exactly what that no, was. I that was that on doesn't. the corner of Burgundy yeah. and Orleans. Okay, is that right? Is and, that the place you're talking about, Larry? Was, I'm now I am not sure the address. Uh, his his name was. Uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was Buster Holmes, Tom. I oh, Buster was, Holmes. That's what you were talking about. That was yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the place. <laughs> is that me. is that the address that you're talking about? Yeah. I, Larry? What I just told you it's is is where it was, and it was a Richard Collin article. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went into uh, Richard Collin just sort of circles. He's sort of like so I, orbits around this show. Go and ahead. I walked over to Buster Holmes. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't need to hear the story again. We've heard the story a million times. No, I'm just saying. Have? I'm just for trying those, to spur for, your. For those who do, we uh, have to. Oh let's do it for the people that haven't heard. It. No, okay, go ahead. Okay, uh, this was at the time. This would have been certainly in the '70s, and I think maybe in the '60s, and. Uh, the peep, the lady who was in the back and who was... Tom, it couldn't have been the 60s because if you heard about it through Richard Collin, that would have been the 70s. Well, he was in there in the late 70s. Late what? 60s, rather. Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay. So, uh, anyway, I, I walk in. I'm wearing a jacket. But, you know, I wear a jacket pretty much all the time. And I go in the back and there are two, two places where you can eat at Buster Homes. One of them was at a... a, a, a a real, uh, like what we're sitting Restaurant, in front table this counter, thing, table diner. Counter. Okay, I go in the back and uh, and I ask the other lady, and she says, see that other lady? And this was taking tickets basically for uh, the adjacent. You got to speed this one up, Tom, because we're about to be at the top okay, of the hour. And, uh, okay, and I said, uh, I... I well, never mind. You this, said, I, wanna, I want something for a dollar, and she said, that's for poor people. 50 right? cents. 50, 50 cents. cents. Okay. <laughs> Tom, I mean, uh, Larry, are you still there? Larry, Larry must have gone a long time ago. All right. Uh, thank you, Larry, and everyone. We're going to wind up the show here. Um, we never did make it to back to the tea garden because... Um, Call us next week. We'll do it again. Yeah, uh, but I do want to mention that following us is more of the same kind of sort of line. It's Tim McNally's 
wine, dine, and I, you know what? I have to see the rest dine, of the Dine, wine, of the and show. spirits. There you go. Wine, dine, and spirits. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we've had fun here today. Yeah, um, yeah, we The Chinese tea garden. I wouldn't have expected the Chinese tea garden to generate so much information and so many people calling about, including <clears throat> one of my favorite callers, George the Copeland's caller. And I'm uh, glad that he found us. Oh, we'll do it George again. and anyone else who is listening to the show, if you have found the show, and you know someone who has not found the show, please tell them where to find the show because people are still going, wait, you're back on the air? So please do that. And also, we'd like to tell you to go to nomenu.com, which is our website full of information. Our daughter works very hard on that, giving you and all I the deals too, and, and pop-ups that are around town and a lot of good stuff on that site. Nomenu.com, the Instagram. You can also get a lot of information on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. That is at theneworleansmenu.com. Mm -hmm. So join us there as well. And then this is the last, my last little thing, a little plug to put in for my, uh, my own little podcast. If you have kids or grandkids that need something to do, it's kind of like listening to old-fashioned radio where I read Brothers Grimm fairy tales, which are so pertinent today, like The Emperor's New Clothes, for example. Anyway, that is at Emmy, the story lady on Spotify and those other platforms. See you tomorrow. You're listening to WGSO. It is now four o'clock here in New Orleans. Good night. Hey, this is William Wallace with William Wallace for America. You can hear me on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 here in WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. We have appropriate billions of dollars.